Well, here we are again at the end of a series. Everybody say, aw, ready? Aw. But don't worry, because we can start a new one next week. <laughs> yeah. So, y'all are good, man. Ooh. So when I say all right, you say okay, all right? Okay. When I say okay, you say all right, okay? All right. All right. Okay. When I say yes, you say no, all right? Uh uh uh. When I say yes, you say no, all right? Okay. Yes. Why not? Just made that up right there. No, I didn't. We're glad that you're here. Um, so, so we are in a series entitled Margin. And what we've been talking about is that God has designed us to have margin in our lives. And the way we've defined that is margin is the space between where we operate and our capacity. Unfortunately, we live in a world that sees that as one and the same, that we always operate at our capacity. Go for the gusto, YOLO, you only live once. And, and so to, to live life to the fullest, and, and, and Jesus said that I came that you might have life and might have it abundantly, but he didn't intend for us to have a life that is jam-packed to the hilt with stuff. So we began talking about, first of all, that God designed us to have margin. And then we, we, we said that we were going to talk about three areas. The first one we began with was margin with time. And a margin with time, we looked at the principle of the Sabbath. And the principle of the Sabbath is this, that God created us so that we would have time for rest. I, I was just giving you a little bit right there. I just want to... Created a little margin in the message. So God created us so that we would have time for rest. And, and he did that uh, from the creation of the world. This is a pre-sin thing. This is a design thing. Some of you think you're tired all the time because of sin. That could go wrong really fast. Um, but, and, and that may be that we live in a broken world. But God created it that way. In six days, he created the heavens and earth, and in the seventh day, he rested, and he told us to observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath means like a break, a rest in there, to, to, to observe that. And, and so we're created for that. So the principle of the Sabbath was the first one we talked about. We talked about time, and, and remember, I challenge you to do this, to, to set aside an hour a day where you just rest. Now, I know that's hard for some of you because you're like, oh, now I have an hour to do something, <laughs> right? No, don't let anything fill that up. So an hour a day, one evening a week where you just don't plan anything. You just stay home. Maybe that's the, the time of the week where you, you both, or both of you, maybe all 20 of you, however many you have, where you sit down and have a family meal, but an evening a week where you just rest. Nothing planned, nothing big. Don't let a project sneak in. Oh, we're all here. Let's move that table I've been wanting to get moved. You know, that was the way my uncle did. He built a picnic table out of two by 12s. And it stayed where it was until we had a family get together when you get eight big guys that would move it over to the next spot. Don't do that. And then I encourage you to, to do so. It's one hour a day, one evening a week, and one day a month where you just don't plan anything where you do nothing. And I know some of you going, that sounds like you're so lazy. Where you plan a day where you do nothing. And as hard as that sounds to us, realize 
God tells us to do that every week. Where we have a day where we do nothing. But I, I just, I, I gave you a little slack. That was, that was time. Principle of Sabbath. The second thing we talked about was the principle of the ant. And I realized in your notes that I didn't put the uh, when I was changing them for today. So the principle of ant. Uh, the principle of the ant is this. That, that we, and that's talking about our finances or our, our resources that God has put us in, that we create margin in our finances is what we're talking about, is that we set some aside. And that is so countercultural. Because what our culture says is you spend what you get. In fact, really, what our culture says is you spend more than you get. And, and, and I gave you a, what I called a good plan. Um, the first one is totally biblical. The second one, I just... Put, put the number because it looked good. Um, so 10%, so, so here's a good plan. You give, you save, and you spend. So you give 10%, that's called a tithe. You save 10%, that was the one that just sounded good to me because 10, 10, right? 10, 10, 8 sounds good. So, so you give 10%, you save 10%, you put it aside, and you say, what am I saving this for? You're just doing it. That's what the ant did. The ant put it aside because he knew that that. Eventually, you're going to need that. You'll need it for something. You just may not know what it is. Or God may say, hey, let me tell you what you've been putting that money aside for. So you, you give 10, you save 10, and you spend 80. Now, that sounds like a really good deal. Because you remember, it's all God's to start with, right? You guys remember that? That's hard to remember for me sometimes. Give 10, save 10, and you spend 80. And, and so that's a good plan. We talked about the principle of the ant. So today, I, I'm going to talk about relationships as we close out this series and in relationships, what I want to talk with you about, and I totally made this one up. I like it because it alliterates. So it's the principle of proximity. I didn't hear any oohs or ahs. Y'all are so good. And the principle of proximity is this, that hanging around the wrong people will pull you down. That's the first part. It's a two-parter. The corollary is this. Investing in the right people will raise them up. So you got that? Hanging around the wrong people will pull you down, but investing in the right people will raise them up. The principle of proximity. Now, now here's another way that we've said it for our youth, is that relationships determine the direction and the quality of your life. It got real quiet. Either you guys aren't buying this, or you're like, oh, no. Relationships will determine the direction and quality of your life. Did y'all write those down real fast? <laughs> I skipped along, didn't I? Because I let y'all out 15 minutes late last week. Relationships will determine the direction and quality of your life. Let that sink in just for a sec. I have to do that with the ninth graders because I get to do that, do this one with them in school. And, and they're always like, I don't know. So, so let me give you a couple of, of principles that go along with this. Margin in relationships, first of all, can help you create space from certain people. You ever had that? You, you ever had people in your life, you're like, you know, I, I need to create a little space here. I need to create some margin here. Don't look at your neighbor, especially if that's your wife, saying... So, so, because this idea is, is it's fairly simple when we think about it with time. We create margin in our time, time where we, we just 
leave room for God to move. It's, it's, it's simple still for us to understand, even though it's harder to do, to create margin in our finances, that we create some room in, in our finances for God. You know, we don't have all of our money, you know, for caramel macchiatos or whatever is, is your deal. But that we just we have some there that's available for God to use. But we don't think about this a whole lot with relationships. Creating margin in our relationships, that sounds kind of weird. If I had asked you in the beginning, how do you create margin in your relationships? You're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So the first part of it is that margin in relationships helps us to create room or space from certain people. And sometimes we have to do that. So, so let, me, let me give you the, the biblical principle from this. And this is actually straight from the Bible, and I'm going to call it bad company. Don't listen to rock music. I'm just kidding. You guys, come on. You ever heard of the rock group Bad Company? We've got any 80s kids here? Was that 70s or 80s? Is that sad if I can't remember? <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Bad company, and that's right from Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company, not the rock group, bad company ruins good morals. It may be true of the rock group too, I'm not sure. So do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And we're thinking, we're adults. That's, a, that's something for our kids. It absolutely is. We need to teach our kids and our grandkids who you hang around matters. Bad company ruins good morals. And, 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 and I tell our teens and, and our kids all the time, your parents and your teachers see this first because the first thing to change is your attitude. All of a sudden we're like, oh. I'm sure I like that response. And, and I've dealt with, with parents. Um, uh, I, I started in student ministry in 1987. I was five, but I was pretty wise. Not true. I was older than that. Um, seven and a half. <laughs> Thank you. But, but, but I've seen this over and over and over and over. And when any parent comes and tells me I'm concerned about my kid, their attitude, I feel like their heart, they're kind of pulling away. The first question I ask is, who are they hanging around? But you know what, adults, that doesn't change when you turn 18. There's not a switch. That goes. In fact, this biblical principle, Paul is writing to adults for adults in the church in Corinth. I love it. I love the church in Corinth. They were so messed up that we can find every, every time you have a problem in a church, you just go read Corinthians and, man, Paul addresses it. And Paul is writing to adults for adults. And he says, adults, bad, don't be deceived. And he, and he quotes this. This is a saying that they already had back then. It's probably what parents are already telling their kids. But Paul's telling the church, bad company corrupts or ruins good morals. And you're like, I'm stronger than that. That's not going to happen to me. The Bible calls that person the simple person or the naive person if you think that you're the exception in all of the world don't be simple don't be naive it'll happen to you too and then there's a corollary that we use uh, with with the kids all the time is proverbs thirteen twenty: he who walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools suffers harm you got that he these are good memory verses by the way especially the bad company thing that's cool but he who walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. 
So, so what we need to learn how to do if we haven't as adults, and what we need to help our kids and our grandkids learn how to do if we're not, is to create margin in our relationships. And sometimes that means creating space from certain people. Some of you are like, I, I, had a, it, it, I had this thought only for like a nanosecond, and I said that would be like one of the worst ideas I ever did, to give you three lines so you could write three people down. <laughs> I said a nanosecond, right? It was just flea. I said, no, that would be bad. I won't do that. But you probably already are thinking maybe of some people that you need to create some space from, create some margin from some certain people. And, and, and I tell you, people around you see how people affect you more than you do. So if you're married, ask your spouse. If you're a kid, ask your parent. If you're single, come and ask me. <laughs> but, but the people around you see, but you probably already know, you already know. I don't like who I am when I'm around these people. I don't like how I feel when I'm around these people. Now, if it's a Holy Spirit and he's convicting you, you're just going to have to get past that and repent, but that's different. <laughs> so creating margin in relationships sometimes means creating space from certain people. But there's another side of that, the positive side, and I wanted to end on the positive side with you. Are you guys excited? This is the last point. It's a really long one. Did you do that? I used to say all the time, you're one of my favorite people. I know, huh? T today's relationships with teenagers, they call it BFFs, best friends forever. But I've had to change that for some of them. I said, you're truly BFFN. And they said, what's that? Best friend for now. Because, you know, anyways. I won't even go there. So here's the second part. This is what happens when you let me go all day long with a bunch of teenagers, and then I come back. Can't even think straight. Margin in relationships sometimes means that we create space for certain people. Sometimes it means we have to create space from certain people, but then other times it means we have to create space for certain people. And so here what I'm talking about are these vital relationships that we have. Because just like all of us have only a certain amount of time, um, I, 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 I love it. This is funny. I'm a word kind of guy. I love, most of you wouldn't know that, that I like love to talk and stuff too. It's a wonder I didn't lose my voice yesterday. I had like, got these, these students, they couldn't go anywhere. We're in Roswell. And, and they had to listen to me all day long. Because they're on the bus. So, so the, the word, so, so create space for, I forgot where I was even going with that. That's sad. Vital, vital relationships that we have. And, and, and so the first thing that comes to mind when I think of vital relationships is our, our family. And, and, and I'm telling you, as a pastor, this is something that I've got to work really hard on. And if you pulled Cynthia aside, she might tell you that I don't do so well sometimes. But this is something I really have to work for. And, and we only have a certain amount of time. We only have a certain amount of finances. Now I know where I was going with words. People say, I'm on a limited income. And I'm, I want to say, I'm not, man. Mine's unlimited. Y'all don't think that's funny. What's wrong with you today? 
We're all on limited incomes, but some of them are bigger than others. I'm t- all right, thank you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Okay. So vital relationships, and, and the first thing I think is family. And sometimes, sometimes we only have so much emotional energy to invest in relationships. And, and what we find is that we're just like maxed out in, in what we can invest. And, and unfortunately, and I, especially for, for me as, as a pastor, but I'm assuming this is a people thing, unfortunately, usually our family gets what's left over of us emotionally. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And, and that's not the way it ought to be. So sometimes we have to create space. And, and, and in order to do that, we have to create space from certain people so we can have space for certain people. And, and, and your family is on this earth the most vital relationships. Those are the most vital relationships you have. And I know it gets different. Um, your, your kid grows up and gets married and, and goes off with a big strapping guy. And it changes a little bit, and, and, and it's cool. I love it that they still live in town because we get to see them a, a lot and see Hillary nearly every day and get to keep in touch and, and chat with her. For some of you, kids a little bit further off, but, but your, your, your family relationships are your most vital on this earth. It starts with your spouse, but then it goes to your kids. And, and so I think always in this, that the idea that I get of, of, so what does this look like to have space margin in your relationships for your family so that you have that kind of time to invest in them. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7, y'all have heard this enough. We, we probably could just go ahead and memorize it as a congregation. But it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. He's talking about the statutes and the commands God has given us. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. And, and, and the reason is I'm not really talking about the, the point here is not that we teach our kids, but it's how. Because that same way that you do that, teaching your kids how to follow the Lord works just in relationships. But because look, also I think back to creation. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, it says God came walking in the cool of the day. I think that's just what their relationship looked like with God. They just hang out. They just spend time walking. And I think God would, would just show them and, and just teach them and they fellowship. And, and so this is what it looks like in our vital relationships in our family. That you do it when you sit in your house. That means you've got to be sitting in your house sometime, don't you? You have to have room. You have to create space for your family so that you're, you're around them. And you do it when you sit in the house. For some of us, we, man, if you've got a calendar of that, you know, that one night a week, do it. Do it. Set it aside. It says when you walk by the way. Um, I won't say who it was, but I was driving through town the other day and... and and, and it warmed my heart. Here's this sweet couple. And, and they're just walking along, arm in arm. And, and I was going to wave at them, but they were so enthralled with one another. I don't, I don't know if they were snuggling or holding each other up. But, um, but they didn't even look my way. They didn't even look my way, so I didn't even get to wave at them. Um, but, but most of us don't get to do that. Um, so for us, when we walk by the way, that's when we're in the car. And, and if you want to go to Walmart, you know, if you're not doing your grocery shopping at Family Dollar, then, then you have 30 minutes each way, depending on how fast you drive. Um, 30 minutes, if you drive really fast, you might have a 
three, four hours in the ER. But we don't want that. But you have time while you're driving. Take advantage of that. For some of you, it might mean turning the radio off. You know, don't, don't listen. You know, let's just, just talk. As you, you spend time, you create space, margin. And then he says, when you, when you lie down, um, I know every families have different like little traditions and stuff you do, but, but spend a little bit of time before you go off to bed. Don't, don't just disappear, you know. As you, as you wind down the day, just create some space. And he says, when you rise up, spend a little bit of time when you get up. Now, now I'm saying this, and, 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 and we don't do this perfectly. Sometimes we do it pretty badly. We should do it better. So, so when you go to bed, spend time before you go to bed. When you get up, spend a little bit of time when you get up. Some of you are going, I already get up at four. That goes back like to the first one, create some space, some margin in your time. But, but do you see how that, how that would work in a relationship that you create margin? You just have time. It's not like the, the idea of quality time. Remember, I, I know that, that was my generation's response to absentee fathers. You know, we're going to spend quality time. So you try to cram a week in 30 minutes, it doesn't work. Quality time is, it's, it's really supposed to be quantity of quality time. Uninterrupted. You just hang out. Just do stuff. I don't even have a backside to that. But I do want to close with this. I told you it was a really long point. Mr. Woohoo over there. There, there is a relationship that's even more vital than the relationship with your family. And that's a relationship with your Heavenly Father. And, and as we talk about creating margin in relationships, I would, I would miss a big part of that point if I didn't stress that we need to be creating margin in our relationship with God. That means we create space for certain people and the most important is our relationship with God. And I know we are a get-it-done society. We're fast-paced. We've got apps for everything. In fact, I don't know if you knew this. Maybe you didn't. If you have the, the, the Bible on your phone and you have the U version, you can click on there. I even got the notes. Here's the notes for today. Oh, I was going to say maybe yours will actually work. But so, so we're, we're so app-oriented. And, and, and I'm doing something cool and, and, and encouraging... Uh, a couple of other people along the way uh, doing the, the, the 365 chronological through the Bible in a year. Um, I got to catch up for yesterday. I'll just confess to you. Uh, do yesterday and, and today. And it's an app on here. I said all that not to brag, but to say this. We're, we're, we're so get it done oriented and app and all this other stuff that, that if we're not careful that we do our little app and we go and check it off. Ooh, got it today. And it even tells you you're on track. Told me I was a day behind. Um, and we think, ooh, got it done. That's not creating margin for your relationship with God. Be- because creating margin for your relationship with God, I-, I think back to the Garden of Eden. We just walk through the garden in the cool of the day with him. Just spend some time. Just, just having time for God to say, hey, you know, I've been wanting to talk with you about this. You know what? One of the coolest things is, is just, it's kind of pray reading the Bible. I don't know if you've ever done that. 
but but you're you're reading the Bible with an attitude of prayer and saying, God, what do you what do you have to say to me? Psalms are really good for that. Um, I was doing that in Isaiah chapter forty three, and God just knocked me out of my seat when it gets down to like verse seven. I, I think it's around there, but it says, "For you are cherished and honored in my sight, and I love you." And and God just in in my time with Him then just said, Larry, I just want to remind you I love you. That, that doesn't happen in a quick little devotional. That, that happens with just hanging out. Sometimes, sometimes God may take that opportunity if we create some margin for him and say, hey, I just, I just want to remind you what I've done to buy you back, to redeem you, that, that your sin is taken care of. Jesus paid for that. In fact, I put my sin on him. The one that knew no sin became your sin. Larry, Jesus took all of your sin, and then so you wouldn't have to be punished for your sin. I punished my son for your sin. That doesn't happen in a quick little thing. That happens in just hanging out with God in his word. Letting him speak to you. So when we're talking about creating margin, what, what we're talking about is making a space for God to work. And so let me encourage you today, because really I, I kind of do this backwards. In order to do all those other things that we talked about in the series, it starts with this very last one. Just our relationship with God. And create space. Create some margin for God to move and work in our hearts. And I know that's hard, man. In this, in this crazy, fast-paced day and age where our kids... I, I really don't know what the generations are going to be like growing up just, just from a, a technological standpoint because our kids grow up doing three or four or five things at a time all the time. And, and they're, they're getting that from the time they're little bitty bitty. And we need to teach them. You just need time where you just sit down and be with God. You don't have to do eight other things. Just hang out with God. And that starts with us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you want to spend time with us. God, I'm sorry for the, the times that I just get so busy that I don't. There's so much that you want to teach us. There's so much that you want to show us. There's so much that you just want to do in our hearts. And, and God, we just get so busy and we, we don't have room in our relationship. We're just emotionally spent by the time... We get done with the things we absolutely think we have to do. We just don't have any left for you. God, we don't have any left for our families. I pray that you'd help us to create margin for you. And so, Lord, today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just work in our hearts and you just draw us to you. And, and, and God, we know guilt comes from the enemy and, and guilt pushes us away from you that we're ashamed and we want to run and hide like Adam did. And, but true conviction from your spirit is, is, is a drawing to you. And, and, and when, when you draw us to you, it means sometimes we just have to leave some stuff behind. And so I, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would convict us this morning. Draw us to you and help us to leave some of those things behind. And and for some of us, we might realize that there's some people that we just need to create some space from. That, they, that they've pulled us down. God, I just pray that you'd help us to do that in a good way. Help us to be good about that. And, and God, I pray that you'd help us to create 
some space, some margin for certain people, and beginning with our family, and, and God, certainly first with you. And so, Lord, I just ask that you do that. Draw us to you. Lord, teach us how to just to, to walk in you and just to hang out so that you can work in our lives. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.